Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, Chartered Surveyor, Author and Property Investor. And this is the Progressive Property Podcast. And I'm delighted today to be joined by a very special guest who I promised could come onto the podcast many months ago, and you're going to see why in a moment. But this particular person I met probably two years ago, looking at him, he's nodding, yeah, about two years ago or so, when he came on Masterclass, since which he's crewed numerous times on Masterclass. By the way, if you've been on Masterclass, you want to crew, talk to somebody about that. It can be a great way of refreshing your memory. And actually, you get to hear loads of stuff which you missed first time round, which can be very helpful, apparently. And when he was crewing, we have vied in the past for those odd bits of lemon meringue pie. When we go out for dinner on the Friday night with Masterclass, he's been there with me fighting for the lemon meringue pie. But not anymore. Neither he nor me are after the lemon meringue pie. And there's a reason for that, too, which we'll tell you about in a moment. But I know that this person set a goal to be on the podcast about 18 months or so ago. And so today is the realisation of achieving that goal. And this person has been very, very public about their goal setting and about the things that they want to achieve in life. So I thought, as it's that time of the year, it'd be great to get him on. So I really want to welcome Mr. Rob Smallbone. Hi, Rob. Hi, Peter. Thank you very much for getting me on this podcast eventually. Thank you. Well, you deserve it. But at the time when you first mentioned it, obviously because of what you were doing at the time, I thought it would make sense to leave it for a while. Because you were very public about setting your goals and telling everybody about what you wanted to achieve. And so you put it all out there on Facebook. And if my memory serves me rightly, you go onto Facebook on the 13th of every month, is it? Correct. Yep. And you tell everybody how you're getting on. You've made yourself totally accountable to the progressive community. Why? I've got to ask the question, why did you do that? Having the extra pressure of being accountable to more people, I think, really pushed me to do it. I having um, I started setting sort of yearly goals, really, when I was 20. I started in 2017. But I can't have a list of goals, set them on my birthday. I'm a bit contrarian. I'll set them on my birthday, which is the 13th of July. And the first year was great. The first year was fantastic. And I thought, what can I do the following year to really up the game? I therefore went public with it. Um, And such was the response. A lot of people were saying when they were looking at previous updates, they were saying, you know, this is good, but actually, can we be updated a bit more? So the demand was there. So I just caved into the demand. Mm. Now, this is absolutely fascinating. And I say this is the right time of the year, I think, to be talking about this. Not that I necessarily agree with uh, New Year's resolutions. And in fact, if you've listened to previous podcasts, you'll know that I absolutely don't. Because you can set your goals at any time during the year. But I think that the whole concept around goal setting is absolutely crucial if you want to achieve anything in life. And I know that it can sound a bit woo-woo, you know, it's all about goal setting. But actually, the thing I've found is that as I've set goals... I've become more successful. And the amazing thing is that I have set goals which I've achieved, which shows to me that it it actually works. When I don't set goals, I don't achieve the things that I don't set goals around. So to me, it's very, very clear cut. 
But for you, Rob, what was it all about? What, what, what was it that made you want to set the goals? And perhaps let's just take a step back, actually, because I know that you set your goals. You, you sort of kind of did it mid, mid-year, really, didn't you? It wasn't anything to do with New, Year, New Year's resolutions, no. which kind of might prove the point. But let's just look at it in sort of a more global way, and we'll get into the nitty-gritty in a moment. But how do you actually set your goals? Do you have a particular process? How do I set my goals? So what I will, what I'll do every mid-July, just before the 13th, I will take a day out, probably on the 10th, 11th or 12th, I'll take a, a full day out, the phone's on airplane mode, and I will, I'll either lock myself away in my room or I'll go somewhere where I can be almost at one with myself. I'll do a personal reflection on the previous 12 months. I'll see, you know, how's, how has everything progressed? What's been going on? What's gone well? What's not gone well? And one of the reasons I... I Part of me knows that I can always, I think it's like an, an entrepreneur's paradox. We always, as entrepreneurs, we're always going to want more. We always know that we can do more and achieve more. And it's about pushing yourself. So I think the more extreme to an extent you can be, the more times you push yourself, if you set yourself really high goals, it's just something, it's something in your mentality that just keeps you driving, keeps you moving forward. So are you quite brutal with yourself when you're going through your period of self-reflection? You don't let yourself off the hook. Are you completely honest with yourself? Well, you have to be. If you're not honest with yourself, you're only going to cheat yourself. And if you cheat yourself, then you'll... That, that sets a dangerous precedent. It's like those lemon meringue pies, the infamous lemon meringue pies. You know, the times that we've been accountable for each other going out and we've said, no, you're not having the pie. And you said to me, no, Rob, you're not having the pie. And we haven't had the pie. If one of us isn't there, it's not that same level of accountability. You might have had a slice of pie. I might have had a slice of pie. But if you start getting those, if you start letting yourself off the hook for that, that's dangerous. And that, that will snowball into you'll let yourself off for anything, which isn't good. Yeah. Well, I can hand on heart say that I didn't have any pie, but I've got to confess that I had to think long and hard about it. But I'm not belittling the subject. It sounds like we've been a bit flippant here talking about lemon meringue pie. But actually, I know that, Rob, you've lost an awful lot of weight. And we'll talk about your goals and what you've actually achieved. And not having a lemon meringue pie is a part of that, as it is for me. And I've also lost quite a lot of weight, by the way. But why, why July? Why do you do it mid-year? Is there any particular significance to that? Or is it just that you suddenly decided to do it one July and that's been the 12-monthly pattern ever since? It's I've always had, since getting into property three years ago I've always always had business goals you know where do we want to be in five years time ten years time fifteen years time and you know, I was getting up to getting up to 29 and I, I honestly don't know what triggered it what triggered it to be perfectly honest with you I just wanted to try something new for the discipline so the first thing I've got quite a sweet tooth still have got quite a sweet tooth so one of the first things I'd done when I first done these yearly goal settings, say on my birthday, uh, it was no chocolate. And that was tough. I love chocolate. Used to love chocolate. Actually, I don't have the cravings for it now. And that, that was, I just wanted to challenge myself. Could I go a whole year without it? And um, yeah, so much so that I've carried it on to this year. So I'm about, I don't know, at the time of recording, 18, 19 months without any form of chocolate, which is good. Mm, well done. Now, anybody tuning into this might think they've come across as a diet podcast so we need to switch it on to property in a moment don't worry we will talk about the property stuff in a moment but it's kind of all part and parcel because i said every masterclass i have the privilege of doing the introduction at the moment when i'm on masterclass doing the training 
And one of the things which I always say is all about your mindset, because if your mindset isn't right, I don't care how much technical knowledge you've got, you're never going to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. And goal setting, I guess, is all part of really expressing what's going on in your mind and making sure that your mind is running on the right tracks, so to speak. But I mean, how do you see it, Rob? Why, why do you set goals? What is it that made you set those goals? What, were you, what was it that drove you to do that, that July when you started? The want and the desire to be better, to, to push myself to know that I can be better, you know, to know that I can discipline myself not to take in, you know, things like chocolate or, or at the moment coffee or alcohol, to push myself to purchase more properties, to raise more angel finance, just to know that, you know, I know that I could be better. Uh, it sounds like I might be beating myself up, but, you know, I'm not. Just the want and the desire to be better, to, you know, ultimately my main goal is to visit every country in the world by the time I'm 50. I'm 43 in at the moment, so there's about 170 give or take to go in 18, 19 years. So that, to me, is what I want to do in the very long term and using property as the ultimate vehicle to get there. You know, that will help. Mm. Now, it's interesting because I went through a goal setting process back in, well, I'm trying to think where it would have been, beginning of 2018. I forget which podcast number it is, but it's still there. A five-step process to go through if you want to set your goals. And then 2019, beginning of 2019, I did a different process, which aligns very much with what with what Rob does. But you sounds like you're doing something different again. It sounds like your goals aren't just focused on business then. It's more holistic than that. If you're talking about visiting every country in the world, obviously you're thinking about your health. So what areas of your life do you actually set goals in, Rob? So the seven areas that I'd I'd set goals in, uh, Peter, would be number one, business and work. You you might have a full-time job. If you listen to this, you're probably involved in property in some capacity. So business or work. Personal wealth. What sort of house do you want? Or, you know, is there a particular car that you're after? Energy, mental, physical, spiritual, uh, and emotional. So that those are, say, business work, personal wealth, energy, mental, physical, spiritual, um, you know, and emotional, social. They're the seven areas that I would focus on. Okay. Would you be prepared to share some of your goals? There was obviously the coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We, as you say, we've known each other a couple of years now, and I'm, remember one of the first conversations that we had um i said that it would be an honor to be on this podcast and i think i said by july 2019 so we're we're a few months late but the fact is that we've still achieved it as well so certainly certainly that was one goal uh, do you want me to run through some current goals i've got for yeah i think that yeah absolutely yeah yeah and and i think as a starting point as well tell us what the goals are that you set tell us how why you set it and how you feel that you're doing with it and whether you've actually achieved getting close to the goal yeah of course so i'll go through i've got six actually so i'll go through them one by one if that's okay with yeah me. and these are the ones which you post up on the 13th of every month these are the ones that i've got currently for the period between the 13th of July 2019 and the 13th of July 2020. Okay. So number one uh, is no coffee, no alcohol or no chocolate for a year. I enjoy coffee. I enjoy alcohol as well. And I enjoy, I enjoy chocolate. The, the idea is for the discipline. 
So I think we've, you could probably relate to this if you're listening that sometimes the amount of hours or possibly days that we lose from alcohol consumption, uh, you know, being hungover or stuff like that, that was taking up too much. I was wasting too much time. So the, the challenge was, well, let's go a year without it. Let's see what happens. Same with coffee. I actively enjoy coffee. Having a couple of coffees a day, you know, you do get that instant sort of spike in, you know, activity and then you kind of lull down. So I thought by taking those out of the, of my body and my system, would I then come to a sort of natural plateau? Like when you wake up in the morning, the first thing is, oh, I need to have a coffee to boost me. Well, if you keep saying that, you, of course you'll need it to boost you. So what if I took that out and, you know, a fair few months in, it's been really rewarding waking up mostly at six o'clock in the morning. First thing I do is go to the gym and it's a lot of the experiences I'm having seem a bit, seem a lot more natural. I don't seem to be, you know, as a result of inebriation or, you know, having all these big caffeine spikes. So, you know, that one's going really well so far. So good. Mm. What I would say, I just jump in here and say for anybody who's listening to this and thinking, well, so what? I think the so what is, it's about your energy, isn't it? And all of these things, ultimately, you might be thinking, well, what's this got to do with property? But I think we're getting there because if you want to do property, you've got to be in the right state of mind. You've got to be in the right physical condition to actually be able to go out and do it. So I can see where you're coming from. So what's, give us another goal. So the second one was to be personally debt-free and not including mortgage debt or anything like that, say as of 13th of July in 2020 and the that's been that's being chipped away at whether i'll make it is a different story i'm not too sure at the moment but it's certainly gone down by about 20 to 25 percent off the top of my head Mm. at the moment so that's really really good and that's just been little bits now and then or you've got a regular plan in place to pay it down how are you actually doing it yeah so the income from the properties that's come into the company, I take out a certain amount in terms of um, salary and a little bit of paying off some director's loan. And from that, I've got meticulous spreadsheets about the ins and outs of you know company finances and my finances. So there's a certain amount that will go at the moment to you know pay off those debts. So it's all strategically planned. Hmm. Okay. And it's obviously tracked properly if you've got meticulous spreadsheets. Are you a details person? Oddly, no. Oddly, no. I've had a, I've had a few people ask if I've got like ADD recently because when I really focus on something, I really focus on it. So it beats me. But no, I'm not really a details person. But if something interests me, then I can really get down to the bare bones of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I can totally relate to that because one of the things which we do at Masterclass, as you'll know very well from having attended and having crewed on it many times, is we talk about the disc profiling. And in terms of my personality type, I can see that I've actually learned to be all four characters within the DISC profile. Because being self-employed, you have to. You have to cover everything. You can't just do the bits you like, otherwise bits don't get done. Which is really strange. So I would say that I'm not a very details person either. And I can't even do maths again, which is something which shocks people. Because they think, oh, property investor, he must be quite good at maths. No, I'm not. But there we go. And you can actually teach yourself to do these things, can't you? I think sometimes we hide behind the excuse of, I'm not a details person. Or maybe the excuse is, I am a details person, which means I can't do this, that and the other. 
Actually, it's not true, I don't think. Yeah, there's so many various, you know, paradoxes in, you know, just, well, let's just take property, for example. If you're not a, if you're not a details person, but you have to analyse a deal, mm. something's got to give. You either hand it over to a business partner that can analyse it, or you learn how to analyse deals. So, I mean, that's just one example. Yeah, and probably the answer is do both, because it's great to have somebody else look over your shoulder. But if you don't know how to do it, if your business partner either can't be there or you lose your business partner, you can't do deals. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely some things that are worth leveraging. Yet, yeah, as you well know from you know, being involved in property for you know a very long time and your background as a survivor. Forty years. Oh well, you look twenty-one <laughs> to me, Peter. That's because I don't have the lemon meringue pie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you're working on your goals. I like it. Um, completely lost my trail of thought. It's being in property a long time. Yeah, that you know there are certain things that you can, of course, leverage out. Um, mm. However, I would say that if you're you're going to do that. It's always good to have an understanding of what's going on anyway, whether that's, you know, economically, whether that's, you know, how to analyse a deal, whether that's, you know, being on site a bit more just for the first one to build up that trust and rapport with people, you know, and, and then leverage it out. Mm, absolutely. Next goal? Uh, next goal is to have published my first book, uh, which is in, the, is, is in the process of being drafted. Um, Writing it yourself or a ghostwriter? Mainly myself from various blog posts that have been done over over the last eighteen months to twenty four years, so once it's once it's done in a blend of you know other, other audio recordings, uh, that'll be put together, and you know with luck, that will be out on the thirteenth of July two thousand and twenty. Okay, that sounds interesting. So, have you been writing your blog posts specifically so that you can pull them together to make them into a book, or did you think you'd do the book after you'd done a few blog posts and thought, oh, I think I'll use these blog posts? That's like a chicken and egg question. Well, I know that some people are very strategic about it and, and sort of going off at a bit of a tangent. Those who say that they want to write a book but can't come up with any content, one of the strategic ways of doing it, I've heard, is if you think about your blog posts and actually just write your blog posts knowing that at some point in the future you might have a year's worth or two years' worth of blog posts you can pull together and put them in a book. Admittedly, when I first started, that wasn't the objective. That wasn't the idea. It was to be able to provide you know, content to others from my experiences and it's only over time from getting involved in masterclass and listening to, you know, Rob Moore as well of how to, you know, leverage what you're already doing for maximum effect that the idea came from that. So, yeah, over when I first started, no, but over time, uh, yes, for want of learning and finding out how to, you know, repackage and repurpose, you know, content, then that idea has come about. Mm. So what's the book about? Uh, how to buy your first buy-to-let property. Right, okay. So it's very specific. It's not really focused around, um, you know, houses of multiple occupation or commercial conversions or anything like that. It's, it's on a very, well, it's on yeah, buy-to-let level. So that, that's, there's not a working title for it at the moment, um, but that's what m- most of the content revolves around. Right. Well, I know that that would be really useful for an awful lot of people, many people who are listening to this uh, podcast. So... I hope it comes out soon. When, when, when's the date? That's got to be out by July the twenty, July twenty twenty. Is that right? Yes, correct. No, but we might push you on that and see if you can do it quicker. Possibly. Possibly. Okay, fair enough. Next goal. Uh, yeah, the fourth one was to going on that subject of repurposing content. Uh, the f- the fourth one was to uh, successfully establish the the Property Nomads podcast. So, well aware, it's a privilege to be on the Progressive Property Podcast. So. I don't know how much you want to go in depth about that, but that has been achieved. That podcast launched on the 5th of November. Feel free to check us out. 
Well, I would love to hear about it. Absolutely. So tell us what the idea was. What's the inspiration behind the Property Nomads and what, why the Property Nomads? So my, my business partner, uh, Matthew McSherry, actually came up with the name. I, I'd done a bit of you know, social media sort of research on it and, you know, going from being involved in property to enjoying traveling and, you know, having had loads of different experiences over the course of life, he suggested Nomad. Quite like the name. Sat well because it's, you know, it's property related. Um, you know, got that sort of nomadic, you know, notion to it. I used to live in Reading. I moved up to Hull purposely for property investing. You know, going four hours up the road to you know transform your life can be a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, for myself, it wasn't the you know the circumstances at the time allowed me to do so. And having done you know a lot of travelling previously, the, the sort of the nomad name just sat well with me um so yeah kept doing research on that people people liked it people liked the name they could resonate with you know a bit of my background and, and matt's background and, and we uh, we went with that okay and what's the content of the podcast what's it about so the content at the moment is a blend of property and business at the moment so things like you know nine nine ways to stay focused you know seven ways to say no more often or why you should say no more often uh, then we've i think our latest episodes have 14 people that you you need to have in your power team so there is a blend of business and property content further on down the line we'll be looking to put a spin on the word property we'll have probably have a mini series of interviews and then we might start looking at exploring different you know sort of architecturally and historically fascinating buildings in the UK to really put a spin on that word property by, I don't know, doing a mini series on various cathedrals, finding out a bit more about the history and the importance of that particular property, um, you know, for, for those people. Okay. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, the Progressive Property Podcast, how would they find the Property Nomad po Podcast? Where, where is it? It's the Property Nomads Podcast. You can find that on Stitcher, you can find it on iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Google. We've got various social media set up as well. So come and find, come and find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Mm. Um, I'd, yeah, I've a search for myself, Robert Smallbone or Rob Smallbone, as it might be on Facebook, uh, and Matthew McSherry. We're the we're the two people involved in it. So message us on Facebook if you want to as well. They are. So we're not proud here. Yeah, certainly do go and listen to that podcast, but. I know you're a bit reticent about plugging it, so I'm going to plug it for you. <laughs> episode 7 is particularly pertinent to what we're talking about, because am I right in thinking that Episode 7 actually covers your is it your 25-year business plan? Yes, that's absolutely correct. we done a, that, that particular episode was all about goal setting. So the seven areas that we covered earlier on in this podcast, it goes a lot more in depth about the questions that you want to ask and that you need to ask yourself for every area. A goal setting is not just something you can do in, in 30 seconds to a minute and it's job done. You really have to take the time to really think about what means most in your life and what you want to achieve. And then from there, you know, by having that vision or idea of what you want your life to be, you reverse engineer it. Yeah, but 25 years, Rob, that sounds like an awfully long time. That's almost getting like into sort of Japanese style planning, isn't it? Yes, it is a long time, but you know, things change over time, you know, Peter. We, we all know that. It's it's about how you adapt and react to things as well. As we said, as we touched based on here, uh, the aim was to 
be able to be interviewed for the Progressive Property Podcast by July 2019. That didn't come to fruition, but the fact that we're sat here now having this conversation a few months later, you know, that goal's still been achieved. So, you know, things will happen over time. You know, no one knows what will happen, but if you're following something in particular and you have that focus, you've got a higher chance of getting there than if you haven't written the goals down in the first place. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. So if you want to see the template or hear the template, I should say, find the Property Nomads podcast and go to episode seven and listen to that and you'll hear Robert Smallbone's 25-year life and business plan template. How cool is that? Does the job for us, so it will do the job for you as well. Hopefully, hopefully. So that's uh, goal number four, I think, if I'm counting properly. Goal number five. Yeah, goal number five was to have 25 positively cash flowing properties by, again, all of these are 13th of July, so by 2020. We're about halfway there at the moment. It's Property has its funny ways of throwing up various challenges. You know, Things sometimes move slower than you expect and, and whatnot. There's still plenty of time to achieve that, uh, to obtain, I don't know, a portfolio or two. So, you know, at the moment, at the time of speaking, you know, we're half, well, say halfway there, we're on 13. Okay. I was going to say, you don't want 12 and a half properties. So, no. That would, so that, that would be a bit, be a weird. bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Well, 13, that's pretty good. So let, okay, let's get into some of the property stuff. Yes. Then. And some of the listeners have been sitting there thinking and being very patient, gone off and made a cup of tea and they've come back now. Good. We're onto the property stuff. So when you came to Progressive... What, two years ago, three years ago? March 2017, I believe. So was that a multiple streams event? Uh, no, that no. was actually sitting in the masterclass. Okay, right. Presumably you came across Progressive slightly before that. Uh, yes, the first ever event that was attended was the, the world record speaking event, ah, I think, in July, August yeah. 2016. Yeah, world record. Then from that, you ended up on masterclass. Now, were you in property at that time? Correct, you, you yes. were. You were already in property. Yes. Um, yeah. Did you have properties? Just the one. Just the one at the time. Just the one you lived in or just the one as an investment? Just the one as an investment. And where was that? That was in Hull. That was in Hull. But at that time, you were actually living in Reading, weren't you? As you've already alluded to. Yes. So at the at the time, we, we managed to purchase the first property in February, March 2016. Hmm. And we didn't know a ridiculous amount about property. You know, we knew we wanted to do it, but we weren't you know, incredibly clued up, shall we say. It was working well for us. And yeah, the, the commute between Reading and Hull is about four four hours each way. It's a lot of driving. You know, there's was a lot of time to listen to various books and stuff, which was good. So yeah, when I come across Progressive, just the one property, we had a bit of a, a slow start investing-wise. And then, and then thanks to your wise words, uh, Peter, I, after Masterclass, I ended up moving up to Hull. Oh, no, no, don't pin that on me. <laughs> and by the way, anybody who's listening, just because you do Masterclass doesn't mean you have to move to Hull, although you could. <laughs> but it's actually a very brave move of yours, and, and I do salute you. you. I mean, personally, I don't think you necessarily have to move to your goldmine area, but I know that some people, if they think that they can, they find it beneficial to move to their goldmine area. But I'm often asked the question, can you invest remotely? Well, absolutely you can invest remotely, and particularly when you know somebody like Rob because presumably, Rob, you would help people. You have sourced properties for people in the past. You've had a kind of like a deal packaging business. I don't know if you're still doing that. Yeah, so the as well as the Property Nomads having the podcast, I do actually have an active sourcing and project management business as well, mainly based around uh, HMOs, but single lets as well. You know, they're, they're relatively straightforward to deal with. So, you know, that is part of something that we can do to help out others. Yeah. 
So the point I'm trying to make is you don't necessarily have to move in order to be able to invest at a distance. But if you can, it could make sense. It's up to you. It's a personal choice thing, I think. But I'm quite interested because you, you've mentioned we. So when you say we bought our first property in Hull, is that you and your business partner, your current business partner? Uh, yes. Yes and no. So I've got, two, I've got two different business partners. I've got myself and Aaron. We do a lot of the buy-to-let investing. We've, we've tried and tested and you know, buy-to-let is our main strategy. Uh, and then from doing all the property-related stuff, um, you know, Matt and I met ooh, about 18, 19 months ago. That's a similar time to when I attended Masterclass. Uh, and again, over time of building that rapport and that relationship, we've then gone down the nomads route. So all property-related businesses, but two different business partners. Right, excellent. So you're now buying in Hull. Why did you choose to buy in Hull? What was it that drew you there? My instinctive reply is to say it's never dull in Hull. <laughs> <laughs> That could be very catchy. Yeah, I think it's already been trademarked, though, off the top of my head. But uh, no, the reason for buying a hole. So at, at the time of, of going up there, it was the, or it was going to be City of Culture in 2017. Having seen, being a Liverpool fan, having seen the effect that the European capital of culture had on Liverpool in 2005, that's really helped to propel Liverpool and help Liverpool prosper. So having a similar thing in Hull, to me, very long term, thought that'd be a good idea. But the main reason... Renewable energy, the Hummer Estuary is, is a vast body of water with a lot. There's a lot going on around there, and there's a lot of wind turbine production going on. And you know, given where the local council and the government want to go, there's a lot of investment being ploughed into the area in terms of commercial land. Uh, Siemens built a plant on the banks of the Humber for, I think they invested just over a billion billion pounds recently. And then there's manufacturers the other side near Grimsby. So there's a big, there's a big sense in in Hull that everything's moving forward in the right direction. That was the main reason. Mm. And that all sounds good to me. And you'll know from having heard me say it many times at Masterclass because I also have the privilege of doing the gold mine session when I'm training at Masterclass on the Sunday afternoon and the Monday afternoon. And one of the things which I always say is don't overthink it. You're not going to be worrying in 20 years' time whether it should have been location A or location B if by that time you already own 100 properties. It's just do it, just get on and do it. And I think what you're saying is pretty sound. And wise words they are as well. It's, we, we can easily get stuck in analysis paralysis. Mm. It's very easy. At the end of the day, if your long-term game is to benefit from the cash flow and not necessarily capital growth, although capital growth will occur over time, it's part of the natural cycle, then, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't really matter if you end up doing it in Hull or Grimsby Rotherham, Burnley, Hartlepool, Middlesbrough, Newcastle. It doesn't really matter. Mm. Just do it. Yeah, absolutely. The more time you spend thinking about it, you know, every time you, every minute you spend thinking about it, you could be missing out on deals or missing out on building your network. And you know, that's, that'll affect you in the long run. So I'm not very good at maths, but I've worked out that if you had one property when you came on Masterclass and you've now got 13, that means you've bought 12 in between time. Correct. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's been, I'm not surprised at the correlation of moving up there and then with the way that the business has gone. There's been you know, different shifts in mindset and so forth as well. But at the time of moving up there, what I was finding is there was a lot of times when just doing everything for estate agents and so forth, you'd ring up on a Monday, you get your right move alert come through, you ring up on Monday and go, yeah, great, I'd like to go and view this property I'll be up on Thursday. And, you know, then, when you, then you're driving up on Thursday, 
you get a phone call from agent, oh yeah, that property's already under offer, etc., etc. And that was starting to frustrate me. I didn't know any sources in the area. I didn't know the area ridiculously well. So the opportunity presented itself to move, move there. And, and having moved there, it was a lot easier to react to things. So if you get a call from an agent, oh, property's just come on market. Can you look at it? Rather than say, you know, yeah, I'll be there in four and a half hours. Yeah, I'll be there in 20 minutes. So you get the privilege and the advantage, competitive advantage of being able to view it first. And from that, you know, built up, you know, rapport with various people, builders, architects, and so forth. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm at the stage where if I did decide to leave Hull and move, you know, either back to Reading or to a different country or whatever, then we'd still, or we'd have more of an ability to still buy property now we've built up that team. Yeah, that's important. Mm. Well, you'll know, because you'd have seen it many times on Masterclass, that, and I'm not going to say what it is, bit of a sort of a spoiler and a tease here otherwise but there's a way that we show you at masterclass which will help you to analyze an area very quickly to know where the good bits are and where the bad bits are but i'm often asked the question if i was going to go and invest somewhere away from home how do i get to know the area so i'm going to ask you the question how did you get to know the area you just said you didn't know Hull that well when you went there you now know it pretty well presumably Mm -hmm. or at least you know the bits which you need to know and you know those bits well so how did you get to know where you should buy and which bits you should avoid? There's a multitude of answers for that. I just got stuck in in, in every in every level possible. Um, I had time I had time on my side, which was good. Things that I've done. Uh, so I'm on the committee for Humber Landlords Association, and that really gets you stuck in for everything and anything. You know, what's going on with the council, what's going on here, what developments are going on there. That was really good. Now, that must have been something which you sought out. They didn't just come knock on your door and say, will you be chairman of this association for us? No, it, it was never gifted. It was never you know, gifted to me. I said, I'm only on the committee, I'm not actually chairman mm. um, at all. I actively sought it out. I actively mm. seeked it. So, yeah, you've got to put the legwork in. Mm. Uh, other things I've done, drove around the area or drove around most of Hull when you're not stuck in traffic, drove around most of it during the day, done the same journey at night, talking to different agents, lettings agents, estate agents. You know, the key thing, key thing I'd say, and you emphasise this an awful lot, Peter, is lettings agents. If you can find your independent lettings agents, you can go in there, have a chat with them, basically get them to tell you what, you know, in no uncertain terms, you know, where the high demand is, mm. and then take that information, then go and, you know, see your estate agents, and again, have those correlating conversations. Mm. Like driving around the area, walking around the area, speaking to people on the street, speaking to people in the shops, speaking to you know lettings agents, speaking to estate agents, looking at the local newspaper. You can do most of that online nowadays. You know that will give you a really good idea of what's going on. Looking at the local area plan that the council might have. There's so many different ways. Mm. But it's certainly more than just sitting at your kitchen table looking at Rightmove, which is. Something I've said on this podcast over and over. You cannot be a property investor if all you're doing is sitting at a kitchen table going on right move. Even if you go on it every day, you've got to get out and about. And I think you're sort of living proof of that. Yeah, you have to be out. You have to be out and about looking without a shadow of a doubt. It's you can do a lot of great things on right move and Google, and you can do a lot of base research. But there is no substitute for visiting an area. Now, you mentioned earlier that buy-to-lets is your main strategy, but you also do HMOs. Is that right? Yeah, do a couple of... We've got a couple of rent-to-rent HMOs. Um, we did have a couple. Actually, we've got one at the moment. We handed we handed some back 
uh, recently because of all the changes in legislation. Um, we wanted to go one way with it. Uh, the, the landlady had different thoughts, different ideas, and what she wanted to do with it made the deals not viable. Mm. So, you know, we just had to, everyone had to hold their hands up and we, we passed them back, which was a shame. Mm. So, yeah, just the one renter and HMO at present. Mm. So the rest of them are all buy to lets. And one mixed use unit thinking about it. That's just slipped my mind. There we are. And this happens in property, doesn't it? You've seen again at Masterclass when we say about how many properties the trainers have got and the trainers have never got a clue how many properties we own at any one time. It happens. Yeah, it, it almost sounds, it almost, it might come across as being arrogant and flippant, but it mm. really does happen. Mm. Whether you've got six or seven or you've got, you know, 13 or you've got, what was it, 60, 70 plus, mm. you know, like people like yourself, Peter, it's, we, we just forget about things sometimes. Mm. We forget about some of the properties that we own. Mm. But Hull's a great place for buy to lets, presumably, and that's why you're very happy there and no no plans to move back to Reading. No, it's 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 a great city. There's loads going on. Very good rental area, very good buy to let area. Um, one thing that we we are exploring at the moment is Grimsby. Mm-hmm. From the numbers that I've seen in Grimsby, the yields are slightly better. Mm-hmm. Clientele's different, granted. Uh, and the demographics of the area are different from Hull. So, yeah, starting to explore that area a little bit. Yeah, all in all, Hull, Hull has worked very well for us. Brilliant. So that's goal number five, to have 25 properties by July 2020. And the last one uh, is, I'll read it out in full. So it's to finally get rid of my moves so that I can finally look in the mirror and be happy in my own body for the first time in my life. So it's a very deep. Now, Very deep. Goal if you're visual, I apologise for that. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> you might be conjuring up all sorts of images here. There's a few of us who can relate to this. I don't want to get into it too much in case we offend anybody, but moobs are a fact of life, sadly. How's that coming on then? I mean, presumably if you're not eating chocolate or drinking, you're probably doing pretty well. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of extra legwork, literally and figuratively, um, has been put in at the gym. Mm. So I've become a lot more dedicated in that routine working with well again surrounding myself with with people that have more knowledge about physical activity surrounding myself with people that have you know that that physique that i not aspire to have that i'd like to have and to again gain their knowledge what foods are good to eat at what times there's there's so much of a science around it bring it back to property site there's no different from you know getting a mentor or you know someone like that someone that's got that extra knowledge that can pass that information across to you because you get what you pay for at the end of the day. So, yeah, being in that environment, so far so good. Not there yet. Um, you know, the body doesn't change overnight without a shadow of a doubt. So, you know, more more weights are being done, more cardio is being done, getting the necessary rest time. So far so good. Mm. Now, this would be a daft question, but I'm going to say it anyway because it has to be said. But the fact that you've actually set the goals, you obviously believe in goal setting. I mean, it would be pointless for you to say, no, I don't, because otherwise say, well, why are you here and why have you done it? So you must believe that because you've set those goals, that's going to help you to achieve them. Without a shadow of a doubt, I was reading, I think it was on Google a little while ago, and there's some crazy statistic. It's something along the lines of 97% of the world's wealth is owned by 3% of the world's population. Or less, yeah. Or less, yeah. and vice versa. Now, if you look at people like you know, Sir Richard Branson, yeah, Elon Musk, you know, people like Rob Moore as well, they're going to have really big goals and really big visions they've also got 24 hours in a day like you know like you and i mm. being lucky to record this so you have to ask yourself okay yes some of us are born in you know what you might 
describe as unfortunate circumstances in countries that we you know, we can't control. I'm quite privileged to have been born in England, to be perfectly honest. I don't think that's something that a lot of people take for granted. It's, uh, no, sorry, a lot of people do take that for granted, but we're quite luckily, we're quite lucky to be where we are. We're relatively politically stable with all the stuff that's going on at the moment. You know, we are relatively politically stable. And yeah, you know, everyone's got 24 hours in a day. So you do have to ask yourself, why, why are some people multimillionaires and billionaires uh, and then, you know, some people are at the other end of the spectrum, you know, not necessarily struggling with day-to-day life, but, you know, aren't achieving as much as they think they can achieve. You know, we've all got the same amount of time. It's about how you utilise that time and, and setting goals. If, if rich people and wealthy people and successful people do that, it's got to be working, you know, mm. that, and the, that and the blend of mindset as well. Mm. Oh, I totally agree. And I think the blend of mindset is absolutely vital because you can set all the goals you want, but if you don't really believe you're going to achieve them, it doesn't make any difference. But if you do believe you can achieve them, and clearly you do, and that's why you've set them, then the chances are you're going to achieve them. Yeah, and you know, at at the end of the day, you know these these goals will be reviewed, you know, in July two thousand and twenty, and then new ones will be set. And for example, let's go back to number two. To be personal, or no, actually, let's go to number five. That's a property one. To have twenty five positively cash flowing properties. Well, if we get to July, and we've ended up with, for argument's sake, let's just say fifteen then have to look back at the last 12 months and that's where the you know the brutal honesty comes in where was i 12 months ago where am i now have i achieved everything that i you know believe i can achieve have i worked diligently smartly to get there and if you haven't then you have to ask yourself a well, why what could i have done to to have got there and then if you haven't achieved it take that goal put a new date on it keep pushing yourself mm. Well, I think that's very important because there's a number of reasons why one might not achieve a goal. It might be because you've just been a bit, you know, dilatory, you've been sat there watching EastEnders and sort of getting out and doing anything. That could happen. Or it could be that you've given it your best shot, but actually your goal just wasn't quite framed properly. Maybe you were a little bit too optimistic, but it doesn't make you a complete failure. I think Brian Tracy, who is like the world expert at goal setting, he always says that if you don't actually achieve the goal in the time frame that you set and just set a new time frame and keep on going and achieve the goal and just accept that it's taking you a bit longer than you thought it would. There's no nothing, no reason to beat yourself up at all. Definitely not. As long as you know that you've done everything in your power to, to well, get Well, I was going to say, unless you should beat yourself up because you haven't done everything. But if you've done everything you should and you still haven't done it, then that's just a fact of life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Sometimes, sometimes life does get in the way and sometimes there are extenuating circumstances that you know can you know offset our abilities to achieve the goals that we've written down but yeah there's, there's no harm in there's no certainly there's certainly there's no shame in resetting your goals or extending that that time period or moving the goalposts slightly as long as no, don't make it too easy not. it's fine no i mean as some people sometimes you just misjudge it because you don't know if you've never if you don't know what you don't know and you never achieve that goal before you might not know how long it's going to take you but if you don't start you're never going to achieve it but I, I do come across people who, are, who will say to me, I'm not going to set a goal because I don't know if I can achieve it or I'm not going to set a goal because I don't know how long it will take. No, no, no. Set the goal and achieve it. And if it takes you longer, it takes you longer. But for goodness sake, set the goal and, and get focused. Target what you want to get. Get out there and do it. Yeah, and a key thing I'd, I'd certainly suggest is when you're setting goals and it's covered on say, the Property Nomads podcast episode seven as well as 
knowing how you learn as well, because if you're a visual learner, like uh, how do you learn, Peter? Are you visual? I'm a strange mix of everything again, though. I think I've learned to be a bit of everything, so I wouldn't use me as an example. Okay. I, I think I prefer, though, listening is my key key way of learning. Okay, so, so audio, auditory. Audio, yeah. Perfect. Okay, yeah. So, for my, so for example, myself, I'm a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So if I'm writing goals, admittedly, I do have these goals written out also on my wall uh, back at home. I do have the visual representations mm. of, of these things. So that's crucial because I know that being a visual learner, looking at them is going to help me. Mm. If it's audio, if it's auditory like yourself, then you might want to, I don't know, rather than write your goals, record your goals. Mm. Now, listen to them every morning, listen to them before you go to bed. If you're a keynote learner, then I really don't know what you'd do if you're if you're a keynote learner. Well, you'd have to feel how you would feel if you achieve the goals, I guess, and envision achieving them in your head. So be really, I suppose, be more in touch with your emotions and you know, feel those emotions. How would it make you feel? That's a good mm. point. Mm. I'd say being 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 visionary. Um, you know, I, I know what will get what will get it going for myself without mm. shadowing out. Mm. Interesting point you make, and actually for, for anybody else out there who is a bit auditory, if you like learning through listening, and perhaps even if you don't like learning through listening, but this could actually help supplement learning through reading or learning through however you, whatever your learning style is. But one thing which is on my to-do list at the moment is to update my goals and to record them, and I'm going to make an MP3, and I'm going to set them to music, and I'm going to specifically set them to Delta Wave music which I went onto YouTube, I found some Delta Waves, yeah, go, and go onto YouTube, look for Delta Waves, because Delta Waves are the waves, apparently the brain waves, that we have when we're at our deepest point of sleep. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to my goals while I'm sleeping, and the Delta Waves will help me sleep, but hopefully also help me to take those goals right into my subconscious. There we are, it's all a bit woo-woo, but do you know what, this stuff does work. So there we go. Yeah, and I'm sure... Rob's looking astounded now, thinking, what is he on about? I'm going to have to go on but, YouTube, Delta Waves. Yeah, well, there's there's four different... Well, anyway, this isn't what this is a podcast about, but anyway, I'll throw it out there, and I'm not an expert on this, but there's four different types of waves which the brain uses. There's alpha waves, beta waves, theta waves, and delta waves. And at different points of consciousness, you're using your, your brain as an electrochemical machine. And there's Hertz is nothing to do with the rental company, but it's something to do with <laughs> the actual frequency of the electro electrical currents that are going through your brain and all that kind of stuff is absolutely true. So you can influence what you're thinking and how you're thinking and how you're feeling. So there we go. Yeah, and I think I've I think I've heard somewhere before that if you're in the beta stage, that's also a very good area to be listening to materials well especially for example if you're driving mm. so it's not at the forefront of what you're doing because obviously you, if you're driving mm. your focus is mm. on driving mm. but to Hopefully. have it going well yeah yeah you'd, you'd hope so <laughs> but to have it going almost subliminally in the background mm. it, yeah sometimes we just we take in more than we realize so yeah but yeah that's, that's interesting that's, that's good mm. but that's that's what works for you mm. and that's the key thing there mm. you know what works for you is not necessarily going to work for you know me or other people that are listening so no figuring all that stuff out no and you don't have to listen to it while you're asleep by the way you could go jogging listen to it at the gym all that kind of good stuff as well which is going to help yeah but just keep reinforcing your goals to yourself now one thing which you do to keep reinforcing your goals to yourself is obviously making yourself publicly accountable and we've talked about this 13th of every month your goals come out on facebook what difference has that actually made and do you 
because you put them on Facebook, do you have people coming up to you when you're down at Progressive and saying, hey, I saw you on Facebook, how are you doing? That's happened a few times. It's, it's not happened a, a ridiculous amount of time. But yeah, it's, it's definitely happened a few times. And a couple of times I've done some speaking at various PPN events as well. I've had people come up to me and go, oh, you're Rob Smallbone. It, it takes you by surprise. Because mm. number one, when someone says that, you think, yeah, I am. That is me. Mm. Uh, and then it's like, well, you know, how, you know, how do you know me? Mm-hmm. But the public accountability has been, been really useful because when, when I'm nine times out of ten I'll write, but the odd occasion I'll do a video. And it's like, because so many people out there are going to be very good at instigating or understanding body language, especially if you're doing a video, people will be able to instinctively tell if you're lying about it. So just for example, say over the Christmas period, I, you know, I'll go out, I'll have ten espressos, five bottles of gin, hopefully not all on the same day, mm-hmm. and I'll have a big bit of chocolate cake. Now, if I went... If I went and then the following month said, oh, you know, yeah, I've had no coffee, no alcohol, chocolate, I'm doing fine. Because of various, you know, maybe it's an eye movement or maybe it's, you know, how I'm standing on the camera. Someone could pick up on that and go, no, you're lying. That, you know, so you're not going to cheat yourself with goals. You shouldn't cheat yourself with goals. If you start telling yourself, you know, if if we go back to that lemon meringue pie, if you, you know, cheekily have a little slice here and there and then your brain says, well, there's no harm in that one slice. Well, that one slice turns to two slices. And then if you lie about something, you know, same in property, if you work with JV partners and you might tell a little white lie about something, you know, that can spiral into something much more and it's, you shoot yourself in the foot. Mm. So having that level of accountability uh, has really helped. Mm. And I see that whenever you put your posts up on the 13th of the month, you quite often get people making comments. So you've got people who are kind of like waiting for you, following you, Wanting to see what you're up to, seeing how you're getting on. Yeah, and, that, and that's a nice thing. That's a nice thing to have. At, at the end of the day, it's it's really it's not about me. It's about everyone that is commenting, is liking. If if the content or you know my story or my journey, however you want to phrase it, if that's helping people in some way, shape, or form, that's the most important thing. You know, it, this isn't about this isn't about looking at me going, you know, I've achieved this, I've achieved that. Woohoo! You know, everyone, you know, bow to Rob Smallway and I'm the greatest. You know, it's none of that stuff. It's, this is what I'm doing. This is my life. I find it important to set these accountability goals. I find it important to be accountable on the 13th of each month. I think one month I missed. So I actually punished myself by extending coffee and no alcohol for an extra month. Um, by having that, yeah, that was a bit of a fail. But uh, apart from that, yeah, having, having that accountability is really useful. But no, it's not about me and, you know, what I've achieved or what I'm trying to achieve. It's, I hope that even with this interview that it's, the listeners and people can take heed from this and are able to take some of these steps and, you know, it helps, you know, themselves and it helps everyone move forward. Mm. So here's a challenge to you, which has just occurred to me while I've been listening to Rob talking. As I said earlier, if you go back to sort of early 2018, you'll see that there's a five-step process for goal setting, which I've put on the podcast. If you go back to the beginning of 2019, there's a system which Rob Moore came up with which you can use either or you can use your own. But here's the challenge. Go onto Facebook and put your goals on Facebook like Rob Smallbone does and commit to do that monthly and then tag Rob Smallbone in so he can have a look. And are you up to having new friends? Absolutely. He's looking at me thinking, what on earth are you on about? Well, go and find Rob Smallbone on Facebook and befriend him. Have you got a page to like? Not a personal one, uh, the Property Nomads P 
page is one for the business. I don't have a personal page. Well, there we are. Go and like the Property Nomads page or something as well and, and sort of, you know, immerse yourself in Rob Smallbone, as it were. But make yourself accountable because if we all make ourselves accountable, we're all going to achieve far, far more. And we're going to achieve far more as a community, I dare say, as well. I would have thought. Property is a people business at the end of the day. And 99% of people I've met are there to help each other. So, you know, there is, there is no shame in putting your goals up online there there's no don't fear it either we're judging people you know everyone judges people all the time anyway you're not going to be judged for wanting a thousand properties 10 properties 15 properties you know ten thousand pound a month or just two thousand pound a month it doesn't matter you're not going to be judged on any of that the more you can be open and honest with yourself and show that to the world the better it will be so rob I think we've probably got to the end of our time now. So thank you ever so much for coming all this way. Rob's come all the way from Hull today to be specifically on the podcast, which I'm really thrilled about because I think you brought so much value and it's so good to talk to you about how you've achieved your goals and to be a part of you ticking off that goal of having appeared on the Progressive Property Podcast, a goal you set all those months and years ago. So there we are. You've done it. So well done. Thank you very much for the invite and the... Putting up with my sheer persistence in, <laughs> in asking to be on the podcast. Well, if you don't ask, you don't get. And so you've absolutely deserved it. But the point is that you've actually achieved so much since you made yourself accountable. One thing I haven't asked you, and I don't want to embarrass you, but I can see that you have lost a lot of weight. How much weight have you lost? Is it okay to ask? We can always edit this bit out if it isn't. <laughs> I'm going to have to do the maths in pounds. So when I, when I started this in 2018, I weighed dead on 16 stone and at the time of recording i am what was i when i last weighed myself last week 12 12 wow so over three stone 44 pounds if 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 my mass is correct my mass is rubbish so i'm not even going to try and join in with this but i can work out that it's over three stone and that's pretty good I've lost two stone, by the way, since you stopped me eating lemon meringue pie. So, well, you're looking really, yeah, you're looking fantastic as well, and it can be achieved no matter how hard you, you know, when you set that initial, you know, target or goal. You know, sometimes it might appear to be quite daunting, but no, you've done fantastically well as well. well, and well since we've I'm known getting there. I'm getting there. You've done better, but there we are. But the point is, if it works for weight goals, it works for financial goals as well. So we're going to be thin and mega rich as well. Not that it's all about the money, but there we are. There we are. So, Rob, thank you ever so much for coming in. It's been great to see you. Rob Smallbone, go and find him on Facebook. Do go and find the Property Nomads and specifically look for Episode 7. There's loads of good stuff there. Getting loads of stuff about how to set your business plan and your life plan for 25 years, which is amazing. So you want to go and look at that. If you want to know more about me, Peter, Peter Jones, come over to my website, which is www.thepropertyteacher.co.uk where you find all sorts of good stuff. You find my blog. There's some free resources. There's some paid-for resources, but all sorts of stuff which are going to help you in property. But until next time, until next week, when we're back to the Progressive Property Podcast, it's to successful property investing. Mm-hmm.